two of quarantine. And welcome back to another episode of New School of Thinking, MNR edition. Today we have Roy from Mike and Roy's Basketball League, a good friend of mine, and I played in this league. It's really an interesting journey to understand why this came about, what he's done so far, and what he's looking to do. So stay tuned and enjoy. Take it away, Jamal and Ren. Hello, hello, hello. Roy, how you doing, man? Good, thanks. How are you guys doing? Good. So I'm good. I'm good. Thank you for thank you for being on. We appreciate it. Of Ren, you had a question there? I'm just super excited because you know what? It's honored to to have this conversation with you, Roy. Especially congratulations on the new spread and the magazine in touch on your journey. I know it must have been um you know a long time coming for that recognition appreciation for the kind of work you do so tell us a bit more about mnr when it started how did this even come about um so basically uh the way we started was in 2012 um i have a brother uh 10 years older than me uh we come from kind of a rough health background my dad had a, a major heart attack when he was 30 not the best health uh, diabetes essentially across the board and um, he was getting married and when he was around that time of getting married he wanted to lose some weight you know get in shape and um, going to the gym he just he it wasn't his thing so he wanted to find a way basically that he could play basketball or some kind of sport basketball made the most sense at the time and um, just kind of be fit um, so basically one day he told me he's going to rent a gym, which he did. And uh, we told a bunch of our friends and cousins to come by. They came. Uh, we played basketball for a couple hours. It worked out pretty well. Um, we tried it again a few months after. And then uh, after a few tries, we end up just getting a permit for a gymnasium for the entire school year. And then uh, the rest is history. Wow. That's pretty amazing. So yeah. basically it started off as, you know, to help your father and then it turned out to something you invited your friends and family to and now now it turned into something bigger than that. How how did you take it to the next step? Like how did you, or were there even next steps? Did you even think about doing this? Like while you were just doing this for your father, did you even think about the next step and what it could be at that time? Well, well just to clarify, my, my dad is alive. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no. The next steps was basically uh, the way it worked was we get, just had a court. Everyone was invited, and then we would break up everyone into teams, and we'd play up to seven or a timed game. And as soon as one team would lose, the next team would come on. And eventually, we kind of grew tired of it, and we felt uh, we, as in me and my brother felt like we should try to take this to the next level in the sense of uh, trying to make it more organized and trying to make it more legitimate. So we were watching a game at my friend's house, a uh, basketball game, and he had the idea of, uh, hey, why don't we just get jerseys and referees and like have a real game with like stats and all that kind of good stuff. And then uh, I thought about it for that second and I thought it was a, a genius idea. I uh, came home later on that day, and then until the early hours of the morning, I had already set up the game. I had found referees. I had 
found a supplier to print the shirts for me. And um, we kind of just tried to print it by year to see who would, uh, who would be down for it. Can you talk about that process? Like what was involved, how much effort you had to put into that? And um, how did that make you feel? Or like, what, what are some tips and tricks you might have for anyone looking to get involved or start their own kind of uh, runs for to help the community as well? The biggest thing for me, Dean, um, was honestly just listening to everyone. It's really hard to try to please everyone but you've got to do your best kind of to make sure that everyone is satisfied because people are spending their hard-earned money to, you know, essentially go out of their way to play basketball with you or, uh, you know, kind of put their faith in you that you're going to have a good organization that will cater to their needs in terms of, you know, just fitness overall. So if I had to give advice to someone, it's honestly to be patient and put a lot more thought than uh, than you think it needs. Because at first, we'd start off with shirts and uh, we'd learn sh- about a year or so after, the shirts weren't really uh, sustainable. They, they couldn't last for a few years as we had kind of wanted it to, but because it's taking such tremendous uh, wear and tear, obviously wearing it, being washed multiple times, uh, we had to get something more sustainable and um, just kind of basically to put a lot of thought into it and really, really analyze what's going to be most effective with uh, your participants' money. And when did that change, Roy? Like, you know, when you started this in 2012, it shifted from just an idea and, you know, you care so much about the logistics. You came around to understanding the needs of the users. When did you kind of determined that you were becoming that entrepreneur in leading this community community support kind of league and introducing sports as a business opportunity for yourself. When did that transition happen since 2012 of like the initial idea? I mean, we took our steps kind of like, um, I feel like it's kind of unconventional because we start off as honestly had nothing to do with funds it just we just wanted to cover the cost of the gym essentially and uh organically we grew by people honestly just telling one another and um just kind of growing from there and when we turned into the more the community outreach was when um we started noticing basically the demographics that we had were a lot of young males between the ages of i think in the moment 17 to 25 years old and um, so a lot of them were from Durham region, which is where we primarily operate at this moment. So we started noticing that just because of the demographics and because of the friendships that people had, that we really did have the community that was kind of supporting us. So then we kind of changed our outlook on things, mildly, which was uh, trying to give back more to charities. So we'd start off by doing our own uh, uh, food drive, and partnering up with uh, a few other charities that um, they kind of gave us a lot of freedom to do whatever we wanted with their name. So they would basically, we had an idea um, and they gave us the freedom that we wanted to kind of promote their their cause while um, trying to assist what we were trying to do, which was to give back to the community essentially. 
That's pretty awesome. And what was that moment? What was that you realized you had something there, like with this league? Like, what was that highlight? Yeah. Um, the moment I would say things kind of changed was, um, <clears throat> like, I have an article, like Renish had mentioned earlier, and it kind of outlines the story a little bit more in detail, which is the first couple runs, uh, runs are basically uh, the when you do have the gym, it's called a run. The first couple of times, uh, it was about eight people. Steadily grew to 13 people. And um, eventually when we did, when we were able to fill up that capacity of players, we started to notice that some players were coming from areas that weren't that close. And some of my friends were coming, which was of course like, you know, it was a great, it was great for me to have like the support of my friends, but then we had some strangers who were reaching out to me who didn't know anyone in the league who were coming out from Etobicoke, who were coming out from, from Scarborough and areas that were not nearly on their route to, to their home or to their work. So when people, when I started noticing that people were really dedicated, they are reposting and they were, they were basically texting me or calling me trying to find out when's the next event or how do we get in touch with like other kind of activities we have going on that's when i kind of figured that okay i may have uh, struck oil now okay that's that's good to hear um and definitely like you mentioned that you've been doing this since 2012 so my next question is actually what's something that you discovered about yourself in these past years while doing these runs and creating this league that you didn't know that you had in you and you had to figure it out as you went um something i learned about myself was uh i'm i'm a creative person at heart so when i was younger i always uh kind of liked art and like doing like the little arts and crafts stuff in like elementary school <laughs> even uh now like uh going to art galleries and that kind of stuff it's something I'm interested in. So I try to use my creativity more and put a, kind of put my own flavor on the bas- on MNR basketball. So it made it very unconventional in the sense of how we approach the market because we were looking at more of what's trending and what might be, you know, <clears throat> not necessarily popular, but kind of trying to create our own alley sometimes. So uh, what other leagues were doing, we did obviously notice because it's kind of in your face. But we just tried to add like, more of my personal touch, more of my brother's personal touch to like make us different from everyone else. So what would that be? Like if you had to sum it up like in a skill, like is it like customer service? Is it like uh, marketing? Is it more of... Uh, account management, I guess. Like, I'm just naming out terms. Like, what is that that one word that resonates from you from doing all of this? It's a hundred percent customer service, in my opinion. Um, I think so much of it it relies on are your players happy? Um, every time we have a game, I make sure that I try to connect with a lot of the new players and then some of the past players as well as the captains to make sure that, hey, is everything running the way you expected? Is there anything that we can change? Everyone is given my personal phone number that they're 100% free to use at any moment they want throughout the year. So I would 100% say customer service. If anyone has an issue, I incur the cost 
that it takes to make sure that the issue is fixed. For instance, somebody had uh, uh, this year, someone was playing in the game and their jersey got ripped. Uh, it was a small rip. I think it was a, by a player uh, in the process of the game. And, you know, he came to me and he said, hey, you know, my jersey kind of ripped a little bit. Uh, where should I go to get it stitched? And th that would be a cost that I would take on, even though most leagues essentially wouldn't do that. Um, it, I would definitely say it's customer service. So I, I, I take tremendous pride in knowing that I make, uh, I make my players comfortable. And uh, I want to go an extra step to make sure that everyone does get exactly what they expected from the league. That sounds good, man. I mean, customer service is definitely everything. Like, that's you. That's how you show your customers that, that, that you value them, you know? And I think that could uh, that could clearly set the difference between you and, and somebody else. Yeah. Um, and I'm listening to, to what you're saying, and it's all great stuff. But there's one thing I got to know. Like, Dean said that he, he played in your league in the intro. How would you rate his skill level, 1 to 10? Dean's basketball skill level, what do you think yeah. that is, 1 to 10? Let's say here right now. Let's also, Roy, let's like also not even on the phone. mention, we'll just mention <laughs> his men had his ACL throughout the, the whole journey itself. I was itself, four so. five. It wasn't burn. to play Gitmichu. Burn. Yeah. Uh, let, the man, let the man speak. One to ten. <laughs> uh, I would say Dean's probably about 11 out of 10. He's, he's amazing. Nah, 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 nah. Wow. He gives up. Nah, nah. The guy's a real leader. Wow. No, 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 no. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. We thought we could break this second. romance, but I guess it's just impossible. Impossible. But more on a serious note, so, Roy. Go ahead, Jamal. No, I was just going to say, like, so that was one thing I had, like, a question I had in my head. Because, you know, I, I play basketball a lot, too. I, I, I rent out basketball courts, and I, me and my friends play um, for the whole school year as well. So, and I, I mean, I love it, right? But what would... And there's a whole bunch of there's a whole bunch of leagues out there. There's a whole bunch of leagues. I see them everywhere. What would you say, other than customer service, like you personally, what does your league actually how does that differentiate from any other league? Is it because <laughs> of your personal the, touch? Like Yeah. That's the best question that you could really ask. And I know a lot of people probably do think of that when they're shopping around for leagues because at this point, with the success of the Toronto Raptors and with the tremendous growth in, in Canada basketball, there's only going to be more and more leagues popping up. So we do understand that it's, a, it's getting even more competitive than it was a few years ago. But what makes us different, and I, I will 100% vouch for it, is that we, we don't cater to having this mass production league. Uh, we're not trying to satisfy... 100 to 400 players we know what we can manage and we try to keep it like that i always tell people we're the louis vuitton of basketball leagues in the sense of it's not necessarily going to be the most expensive league so you know you can get rid of that but we will make sure that everyone their voice gets heard you're not going to fall in this pool of players that nobody knows who you are we make sure that we we deal with what we can manage so we try to make it more of an experience for the players. Um, they get a lot more, I feel personally, from other leagues. They get free apparel throughout the year. They get free perks throughout the year. We have a lot of sponsorships, so they get a lot of additional, additional things that are not really listed in what they're paying for. 
So I would say in that sense, we're we're way more. What's the word? We're more. Way, I like to tell people actually we're a prestige league in the sense of we handpicked also who we were, who we want to have in. So just because you apply for a league, uh, you literally you can pay whatever fee they want between about two fifty to four hundred dollars and play for any league you want, and they'll never deny you. With me, it's not like that. You come to us, and then we kind of do initial screening, and it has nothing to do with the level of competition you're used to. It's literally about your attitude. Are you a role model on and off of the court? Can kids come to these games? People's girlfriends, people's wives come to these games. We don't want people who are going to be fighting. We don't want people who are going to be, you know, being throwing profanity around. So we try to make sure that we keep the highest standard of not only the game but who you are outside of that to the highest level. And we've been doing that for the last five years. They sign a waiver before they join the league, saying that. They won't use, they won't come to the game under the under any substance at all. They won't basically swear or fight, and that's an immediate, not even suspension. It's immediate termination of of their deal that they have with us, and they they're gonna respect the players, they're being their own teammates, the opponents, the referees. They're gonna show up on time. They're gonna give ample notice. So we really keep it strict with the players because we are expecting a high quality of. Of essentially their personality from them, so I would say we're we're basically just a way more prestigious league to to really make it simple. I think along those lines, Roy, I, I genuinely appreciate that, and it's so admirable that you were able to create this kind of culture. I think a lot of leagues I don't think are taken that seriously, and I mean I'm a firm believer of culture kind of trickles down or rules regulations. And these strict rules to be a good person on and off the court comes from top-down approach. So, how or like how were you able to kind of set up this culture, a healthy culture? But not only that, the other thing I wanted you to touch on, you also had mentioned community and especially a community of giving back. I know in our own conversations, you've mentioned about. Giving the opportunity to like photographers to come out and be able to showcase their artistry. Can you tap into that and kind of tie it back to that culture you're building? Sure. So with the culture, we try to help as much people as we can, whether it's from charity or whether it's from hiring people. So because we're a business, of course, under the government of Canada, we do have our own rules and regulations. A lot of leagues. What I've noticed before from playing in some in the past is that I could literally be playing a player one game, and the very next game they're refing that same game that I'm playing in. So they're kind of recycling players as referees to, to cut costs. And of course, waters down the game tremendously because they're not licensed. So we keep actual legitimate referees. Um, these guys are. Our board referees, they're licensed. They have roughly about five thousand games under their belt. A lot of them have even refereed in、um, NCAA games in the United States for the for March Madness and stuff. So for the tournament, so that's one way we give back to the community. We also employ photographers on a rotating schedule. So throughout the year, we have one firm photographer. He's there every single game. He has been for the last six years. He was a player before, and he was going to school for photography. 
And when he finished, we decided, hey, if you want to do the photography for us, we'll, of course, pay you for it. Mm -hmm. And at the time, he was unemployed. And now he's our full-time photographer. And additionally, we invite new freelance photographers to come on any given night, uh, paid. Sometimes they just want to volunteer. And the, the benefit to having them there is that they can come in with little to no experience. And it's happened a lot before. And they're worried. You know, I don't know if I'm going to get the best shots. I haven't done sports photography before. And they have that safety net of us having our own photographer in case they miss something. And then what we do for them after is that we promote them as much as we can, exhausting all of our social media and website. Our website is actually top 100 on GoDaddy for sports websites, which is a, a little nice applaud to us. Mm -hmm. It took a few years for that. And that's just another way we give back to the community by just helping out these freelance photographers. And so far, they've gotten, um, a few of them have gotten gigs outside of a basketball. One being, uh, I think he did an engagement photo shoot for one of the players and uh, another one doing a fashion show. So, you know, it gives them a lot more publicity. And those are probably our two main resources in terms of helping the community, not including our, our uh, charity campaigns. Like, I think that's 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 amazing, man. Like giving back to the community while you're giving like people a chance to play basketball and do what they love, like that is like top notch level on my standards, bro. Like like it's pretty it's it's pretty good to hear you say that because you're just helping, you know, you're helping people and then you're also making it work for you as a business. Um But talking about giving people the opportunity to do what they love, whether it's photography, art, playing basketball. What is it like? What is your love for basketball? Did you have a love for basketball before this came about, or did that love kind of flourish? Because before this interview, before this interview started, uh, you actually picked up a basketball, and you're like, it kind of calms me down. So, like, like what is that? Uh, that's a good question. So, when I was younger, um, I used to love basketball. I still do love basketball. I used to watch the games with my dad and my brother. I was a I was a big Kobe Bryant fan. Everyone liked Michael Jordan. I like Kobe Bryant because he was like the young guy. He had the attitude and he was just relentless. So I was always a diehard Kobe Bryant fan. Eventually, my 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 brother started was like he was a diehard Michael Jordan fan. Eventually, I started seeing Michael Jordan guy. He's not that bad. So I kind of switched sides. I traded the Kobe jersey for the for the Michael Jordan jersey. So that that kind of became. Like the new interest for me, especially when it came to basketball, Raptors got, uh, I mean, Toronto Raptors got, um, Toronto, sorry, got a team in 1995. So that kind of made me more of a fan of the game. And I used to play all the time, just uh, on my driveway, of course. Uh, I tried to play for my elementary school team, my high school team. So that kind of brought me into playing the game besides just watching it. And then eventually, my work experience and just wanting to take more of an authoritative role is what kind of transformed me into where I am now, which is more of the operation side of it and behind the scenes of, uh, of all the operations that we basically do now. And uh, speaking about operations, what you're doing right now, so how do you manage running a league plus working full time? Like what, what has been your findings? What is some, I guess, advice you could share with people kind of doing two full-time things at once? 
it's honestly time management um a lot of it i know it's so cliche but a lot of it is just kind of knowing what your priorities are and what your obligations are um so basically the second the game gets finished i try to you know essentially start uh, the second that game is finished on a tuesday night because we play on tuesdays the clock starts going away from me so i'm doing my best to make sure that the stats are posted online the uh, the site is updated that of course players are okay with the way the game came out in terms of their performance the referees uh, the agenda and so on um does basically every little facet of the game i try to make sure goes by smoothly bouncing work um i'm kind of lucky in the sense of my work doesn't allow me to take work home because it's more of a it just it's not that kind of job they really want you to you know when you come in you work and when you're outside you don't work <laughs> so i've been kind of lucky in the sense of i have a very understanding workforce and i really do buckle down when i'm there so that's very admirable i think you really painted more of a real picture that you know a league is not something that you just left as a passion something you and friends and even poor players like dean uh, were a part of um but there's a lot of tips and tricks in reality and i don't think it was a cliche more um all in all roy how about where can people find you where can people reach out to you you had mentioned that you play your games on tuesday are you able to kind of share um where and how people can sign up to mnr and the website website um, yeah sure well the best way you can get to us is the website which is mnrbasketball.com so it's m a n d r basketball.com that's the easiest way to get through us um of course we have our instagram uh facebook and twitter you can get to us uh, through there we do operate in durham region at the moment uh we don't really disclose the address be- just because we have such a high volume of players so we can't accommodate people right now because we're already at capacity but uh, we do allow players to come in on a walk-in basis so they could literally come at for one game play that one game and um you know they have no obligation for the whole year essentially and if they want to do that that option of is available to them and same way you would contact us the website and all social medias is the exact same way you'd be able to to essentially find out if you could participate if we're not full that day and those instagram and facebook social media handles are uh it's same as a website <laughs> mnr basketball obviously not .com but it's mnr basketball awesome well we're super honored to have you here and i'm sure a lot of the listeners have learn more about the reality behind, you know, leagues are not that simple and um you know, you really impressed us. I think the culture point was my biggest takeaway as to what we learned and yeah. what you know, what we need to implement. So, I hope you start a women's league. I think it would be super epic. Um apparently I have the wingspan for a good basketball player, so <laughs> I'm going to work off of that, but Nah, you're like a 1 out of 10 okay, still. Okay, listen. Nobody asked you coach Dean. I okay, lost my ACL, okay, easy, but... easy. <laughs> but no, I think I I, I agree with Ryan. I think, you know, we're very we're very excited to have you on and we appreciate 
appreciate your time. And uh, my takeaway was definitely uh, giving back to the community. Um, I think that that's great, and like every everybody entrepreneur or not should at least try to do something like that. I mean, it's very important to give back to people if you have the, the means to do so. Um, so kudos to you for that, man. Uh, that, that that's great. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So. Then again, I think we are good to go, guys. Dean, do you have anything to say? Unfortunately, and surprisingly, not. <laughs> well, on that wow. note, thank you again for tuning in on another awesome episode on the New School of Thinking. Um, be sure to follow MNR Basketball, their journey. Come out, support, and watch the games and uh, you know, cheer them on. I think they're on a really positive journey, not only about... Um, this initiative of a league, but also implementing good examples of people on and off the court. And without further ado, let's hear you guys in the next episode. And we can't wait to um, have you guys tune in again. Thanks so much. Roy. Make sure you like, subscribe and share.